Welcome to Esports Connected. I'm your host, Megan Van Petten with the Esports Trade Association. And today we're excited to have Justin Jacobson on the show. He's an entertainment and esports attorney, professor, and author of The Essential Guide to Business and Law of Esports and Professional Business Gaming, or no, Professional Video Gaming. So welcome to the show, Justin. It's, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on it. So, boy, I mean, what do we talk about first? If, if anybody has has really been around a long time and truly a diehard gamer it, and, and been in the space representing entertainment and esports and business, it sure is you. Yeah, definitely. You know, for the last decade, been, you know, involved in the legal and business side, working with professional athletes and musicians and DJs and professional gamers and streamers and coaches and casters and just all these talent and businesses in these entertainment worlds. There's so many people that would love your job. (laughs) I mean, it it sounds glamorous. And tell me, how did you get your start? Well, yeah, you know, it's definitely not as glamorous as Entourage makes it. So I'll, I'll throw that out there. But yeah, you know, I kind of always grew up in the entertainment world specifically in the music, working in different nightclubs, managing a DJ, and then kind of starting to work at MTV and some different record labels and ASCAP and kind of from there transitioned over and, you know, working in my own law firm and just kind of going out into the world, being in New York City. There's just a lot of talent, a lot of creative people around. So going to different events, you know, album release parties, fashion week, like it was a great Monday night football party every year. So just a lot of people in the industry doing different stuff. So kind of just being at that cross section of music and sports and fashion and art, it was just kind of a great place for me to work and, you know, kind of excel. And and you sure have. What a what a culture bomb esports is. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a lifelong gamer, so I definitely, you know, play 2K probably every day at this point and I was a big StarCraft and StarCraft 2 guy and I've always had, you know, an Xbox or a PlayStation or Nintendo or Sega. So it's always kind of been part of me. But about five years ago, I really kind of noticed what was going on at this really high level and just kind of noticed that there was kind of a lane that I can come in being an attorney, being someone who came from the more traditional entertainment world with kind of different knowledge and skill set and network and kind of approach to talent development, talent negotiation and all these different things that some of the other people who were doing this at a high level maybe didn't necessarily have the same background. They were much more esports and gaming focused. They kind of went from law school and then started to represent players, and that was what they did. Whereas, you know, before that, I was working with, you know, Warners and Sonys and MTVs and Viacoms and all these, you know, mega entertainment companies doing all this publishing and record deals and TV show appearances. So it was just kind of, a different understanding of the entertainment world. And as we all know, in the last few years, it's really all kind of merged where it's like, you know, the E and E sports is entertainment as far as I'm concerned. And it's, you know, you have in-game music concerts and, you know, these huge events filling stadiums across the world. So it's really an entertainment, you know, area of its own that the music and the sports and TV and everything kind of intertwines. It sure does. And esports really did help that come together, you know, culturally. So you, you're probably just having so much fun appreciating everything in the entertainment 
Yeah, it's been interesting because, like, you know, over the last few years, you know, Twitch has become a really big thing for more traditional musicians. And I would say probably three or four years ago, I was, like, really on my clients, like, hey, you should do this. You can do all kinds of really great stuff with Twitch. And, you know, now over the pandemic, they're making real money doing these, like, live concerts and acapellas and all of this stuff. And I'm like, well, you could have been two years ahead if you listened to me, but, you know, it happens. So what do you mean they could have been two years ahead if they listened to you? Well, because if you would have, you know, started Twitch, developing it, you know, two years before everyone else did it, it would have been, you know, fans would have been familiar with it. You might have had, you know, more followers overall. You would have kind of been more on the cusp and innovation than just everyone else is doing it, so I'm doing it too, you know. And then you're kind of almost lost in the clutter when Dead Mouse and Zed and you know Steve Aoki and all these mega DJs are now Twitch because there's nothing else for them to do. So it's like now you're competing against them when you could have, oh, I've been doing this for a year already, you know, like welcome yeah. to my world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's an amazing point. And, and plus, like if people do stuff just because everyone else is doing it, the passion's not there. So how good will they do it anyways? Yeah, and it's not that novel and unique. Like, you know, when you were some of the first people doing TikTok, it was great. But now that everyone has a TikTok and they're just doing it because, like you said, you have to have one, like it's not as authentic it definitely probably doesn't resonate with you know the user as much so you know i think that's kind of you know that big thing and a lot of these conversations i'm sure you're on is about authenticity and marketing and you know having kind of this brand connection and how you get your audience engaged authentically and genuinely personally i love it i came from you know like get it right. What's the perfect message? The perfect, you know, like I remember those days where the tagline, you know, we would think about a tagline for days and days and weeks and weeks. And, you know, when voice text came and I just started like to talk voice text, like some of my thoughts and then putting it out there, which I, I don't do enough, but I do love it when I do. It's it's fun. I, I mean, I love the uh, authenticity and I love though collaborating with a, a great group to come up with a theme, you know, if you really want to like bring it down to bring it up, if that makes yeah. any sense. No, definitely. I think, you know, having, you know, exciting ideas and then having people around it that could, you know, play with it, give you feedback, you know, play devil's advocate when you need is, you know, important. Cause if it's just always my way, my way, my way, you might be totally missing something that could be like, Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. Now, how do we fix that? you know, right. it's important. So I'm putting myself in your client's shoes because we want to know, you know, what it's like in the day of having, you know, you be somebody's attorney. So if I'm looking to hire you, what are some of the things that you would want me to do or, and want me not to do? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing when you're hiring any professional, whether it's myself or anyone is to kind of do a little research on them and whether it's, you know, talking with them during, you know, consultation or just kind of on the internet, like who they are, who they're working with, what some of the other people, because when you're doing these personal relationships, especially in these entertainment fields, this is kind of what matters. You know, you need people that have experience with the kind of stuff that you're doing, understand the nuances, how to talk to the right people, because, you know, just being a lawyer is great. You know, you can read contracts, you can maybe file copyright, but these more, you know, I guess specific genres, you know, whether you're the movies, TV, literacy, fashion, art, esports, there's just certain language, certain vernacular, just certain business, you know, methods that are just specific to those areas. 
even just the way they describe and define things in contracts in the music business is totally different than things are defined in a movie deal or a TV show. So it's just kind of understanding that you have to have familiarity with this and whoever you're working with should have that also. You know, I think that's really important. And then also understanding kind of how it works. You know, I think especially kind of in this talent world, whether it's, you know, rappers and DJs or, you know, pro gamers and casters, they're, this is probably the first lawyer they're dealing with, especially at a young age. And realistically, if they were dealing with a lawyer before then, it probably wasn't for something that good. You know, like might have had a speeding ticket or something worse. And it's just, you're probably their first interaction. So I think it's important to understand how that works, you know, how billing works, how you engage with them. We're like, yeah, you shouldn't send them 20 emails overnight. Like maybe you should send one email that has all of your questions at once, you know, that, you shouldn't be texting them, emailing them at two in the morning, expecting them to respond to you four hours or four minutes later. It's kind of understanding how you work with professionals, whether it's, you know, first time having a CPA or business manager or an attorney, because in this entertainment world, most of the time, you're the first time they're dealing with a professional like this. First time they're having a, you know, 20, 30 page agreement that they are like, I don't know what this says, like, help me. And it's just kind of like, you need to understand that, you want to feel comfortable. You want to have a good rapport with the person because they're there to kind of be on your side. And I think that that's an important thing to kind of, you know, understand going into it. So I love business and I love seeing people succeed, you know, from, you know, a a vision to a dream to fulfillment. So let's take a celebrity or an influencer or a caster or a gamer. Do you help them with their whole brand? You know, do you help them with their, you know, reviewing their sponsorships, their contracts, you know, everything that they do, helping them get a publicist? Like, are you the first stop? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, kind of echoing your sentiment, that's like probably the thing I love most is, you know, this for example, I have this, you know, artist vocalist that I've been working with for, you know, five, six years. And last Izu, she was like main staging. And I was like there watching her in front of like 40,000 people. And like, I was just like, wow, like I remember like when you first did this deal with this artist and I had no idea who they were. And yeah. now six years later, you're here in New York doing this amazing thing. So I think it's, you know, really exciting. And probably one of the things I love most about it is kind of acting as this kind of consultant, almost like, you know, a pseudo manager. And in the last about year and a half, I was brought in to actually act as a talent manager at Ford Models. They created an esports and gaming talent division. So I've been handling the day-to-day management and consulting for over, you know, 20 different pro gamers and streamers and casters and coaches. And really just, as you said, really helping them figure out how to grow and how to succeed and how to operate themselves as a business. You know, I think that's the biggest misunderstanding that all entertainment, all talent really kind of has is like it's the music business, the sports business, the esports business, because it's a business and you have to understand you know, whether you're signing sponsorship agreements or signing a deal with a team to, you know, as a streamer or a pro player, you just have to understand what you're signing. And I think a lot of the individuals, you know, to my previous point, this is the first time they're doing this kind of stuff. They might be the first time that, you know, a G Fuel gives them a contract and they might kind of think they know what it says, but they're just so happy that G Fuel's giving them a contract, they just sign it. And they don't realize, oh, maybe there's a non-exclusive contract certain time afterwards. Like, okay, for a year, I can't do another energy drink. So if Monster comes and wants to give you a lot of money, 
guess what? Your contract probably won't let you. And it's just kind of not even realizing that there are these things that kind of affect you going forward. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things that I kind of pride myself on is helping the talent see these, you know, stumbling blocks and potential roadblocks and navigating them. You know, there's this DJ that I kind of, you know, helped for a few years and, you know, over the time there's all these quote unquote managers and agents and people that kind of promise the world and that's great. But like, you know, once you're doing this for a while and you understand who's doing real stuff, what, is the indicator of doing real stuff. Cause anyone can say, Oh, I was the person who did this and I can get you this Pitbull's radio airplay and all this other things. But you and Pitbull are two totally different artists. You know, talking about a major Matt platinum artist and you. So the opportunities that someone can get for one person doesn't necessarily translate for you, a different person. And, you know, I think people kind of fall for like, you know, social media, you got a verified sign, you got a bunch of followers, and they don't really know that there's so much more beyond that. That some of the most influential people might not even have any of that or even care about any of that. That like CEOs that are doing real stuff aren't necessarily sitting there looking at their Twitter every five minutes. So it's just kind of like understanding there's so much more that goes on to that and that you need to do these things right and having the right people around you to operate your business, which is you, you know, your gaming career, your, you know, whatever it is, it has to be done right because you could run into these issues. And, you know, that's kind of one of these tragic tales where you sign a contract that has an obscene buyout and that's the end of your career because, you know, you got benched on your team. No one else is willing to pay that contract. They just don't want to give you away for free because that doesn't make any sense. So it's just kind of like, you know, maybe you have to just stop. Maybe you have to become a coach. Maybe you have to try a new game. And it's just, you know, things that could have been avoided if you had kind of acted, you know, properly and kind of done your business right. Yeah. So, I mean, no one can argue that, quote unquote, doing your business right might start with an attorney, an advisor. I mean, you sound like a partner. And there, I mean, um, I've, I've worked in sports a long time and there there's, you know, there's no secret that players have had struggles, retired players, you know, what do they do after? So getting aligned with the right attorney, a brand manager, the publicist, just a great team. So do you guys offer those sorts of services? Or I would imagine you have a huge plethora of people that you work with or partner with and collaborate with to advise. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think that you know, there's definitely, you know, opportunities for, you know, financial advisors and some of these wealth management people that, you know, try to help navigate these problems where, you know, you win a huge wad of money early on, like some of these athletes or some of these gamers are now doing, you know, working with a 17 year old player who was signed at 14. And it's like, he's making six figures a year from his team and Twitch. And it's like, like, you need to know how to do these things properly so that you can now have a really exciting life, that the taxes don't destroy you. And you need to have people that can advise you. And, you know, that's not what I do, but you have to know people who can do it and understand what they're doing. And yeah, similar to, you know, I definitely help with, you know, some press contacts and some that I have and, you know, are linked to. But then there are always these outlets that are just like, you know that you have to know the writer, you have to kind of know that they're looking for this. And that's where, you know, unique things that publicists and PR firms can come in. And like you said, brand managers and social media managers, people that can really take over this. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, especially as a retired player 
who, you know, I kind of work with some of those as well. If some of them would have really built an amazing, strong social media presence while they were a player, while they were kind of just having a fun time and just kind of doing what some of the players are doing now, they would be really, really positioned, you know, where like someone like Steve Young or Troy Aikman, it's like they just made their tour to Chris Fox told them to. It's like imagine if they had them 20 years when it started, like it would just be like a total, you know, game changer and would have been a huge business asset. And, you know, now it's like that's all that these companies look at for the most part. It's like, you know, unless you're an MVP LeBron James, like you, you really – you got to have numbers to get any real kind of substantial money, especially from, you know, these fortune 500 and blue chip companies that are really prevalent in the entertainment space. (laughs) Yeah. I used to say years ago, keep your bankers and your, and your lawyers close. And I add one more, you know, I love my bankers. I love my lawyers. I love my accountants and, and I love my coach. You know, I'm a big advocate for a coach. Like I remember when I, um, when I hired my coach about a year and a half ago when COVID hit, um, she said, do you realize you haven't asked for a LinkedIn review in like two years? So it's obvious, you know, you're on a good stretch and you could see from your pattern over the course of a decade or whatever, that I was getting my reviews and stuff when I would hit a dip in my career versus managing it while I'm not in a dip. If that makes, you know, if that makes sense, you know, just managing your success when you are busy, when you are in your momentum and that it's just such a discipline to do. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense where it's kind of like when you're in that kind of lull, where it's like, oh, I got to figure out what I got to do. How can I get it jump started? Yeah. And that's when you kind of just almost are just like, oh, let me, let me do this on LinkedIn. Let me create a LinkedIn group. Like, oh, yeah, when the pandemic started, I, I created a LinkedIn esports group and it's like, okay, that, that, I don't, it was nice, but like, I don't really know what it, it does. You know, I post my stuff in it and some people do, but like, I, I can't say thousands of people or hundreds of people interact with it. I don't know if anyone interacts with LinkedIn groups like that, but like people somehow post in them and it's just, you know, I don't know, stuff to pose to the world, right? Oh, I mean, for me, it was it was very enlightening because, you know, a coach or an attorney, accountant, banker, all you like see our blind spots. That's your job. Your job is to see what we don't see and partner with us, you know, for life. So we, you know, can have a fruitful calling for our career. So, yeah, that 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 made me think of that with you. Um I can imagine, you know, how challenging it might be to to tell somebody that's, you know, on TV every week or, you know, just, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on it, Justin. Thank you. And then, you know, two years goes by or they have an injury and it's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I do that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always, you know, I don't like to say the told you so stuff, but, oh. you know, sometimes it is. And sometimes it's like, hey, like, I'm on your side. Like, I want you to win. Like, yeah. your wins are my wins. Like you said, yeah. like, they're your partner. They're the person who, you know, and it's selfish. It's like, I want you to do as great as you can because it benefits me. And it's not, it's kind of like Darwin's theory. Like, the, the better and more amazing you do and the more opportunities you do and the more things that I think you know, whether it's press opportunity, speaking at a panel, you know, playing with a pro athlete, you know, 
Like I, like I have these NFL players that I was pairing with some of my players and the NFL players, like the kid is just too good. It's like he has 30 kills every round and we have two. It's like, it just looks bad. Like we have to figure out something to make this a little bit more interesting. Cause it's just like, it's not that engaging for us, you know? Like, so it's like, okay, like maybe we can make it where like, if he gets 20 kills, we get a pie in the face and like, you know, and if he doesn't get 20 kills, then he has to pie himself in the, you know, like it's kind of like, (laughs) but he just didn't want to play along. And it's like, but that's the kind of stuff that a bleacher report or, you know, a bar stool could pick up on. You get 2 million views and now your life changes, you know, like there was a talent I was working with that like, you know, Ninja came over to Mixer and, you know, on a Mixer day, he hosted a random person and like this guy, like his life changed overnight where he got like 50,000 new followers, all these new deals. Like it was just like overnight because Ninja hosted him. And it's just kind of like, you were not prepared for that. Like, right. You know, and that's even one of the other clients, you know, skeptic where it's like he beat Tifu and then like his clip went viral with 10 million views and he gets signed to like misfits and, you know, three years later, it's like he's been doing this for three plus years at the Fortnite World Cup. And, you know, he can't even drink or vote or do any, you know, like half the world isn't even available to him. Like I have these companies like, oh, no, he's under 18. It's like, OK, we'll talk to him in a year or two. It's like that's just what it is. It just this stuff happens overnight. And, you know, most of the time you're not really prepared for your success. And, you know, hopefully you have someone who's trying to get you ready for that. I think that's always like my biggest advice. It's like, it would be a shame if you're successful, if you didn't do things right. Like if you didn't do a trademark search and make sure you can own your name that you're building. And it's a shame if you're actually successful and someone else comes and sues you and now you have to change your name and all this terrible stuff. And it's just kind of like that kind of a told you so moment that we're like saying, it's like, you probably should have done this. Like you don't have to do it, but like if you don't and maybe you are successful. Like, you know, you don't get an agreement with a logo designer or someone that makes, you know, takes a photo for you. And years later, it's now going to be used in your documentary on Netflix. And now this person wants $20,000 from Netflix. When if you would have given them a hundred bucks five years ago, they would have signed it and give you the rights. And like, I've had these situations where, you know, a logo designer holds an image hostage and it's like you got to give me a thousand more dollars if you want the rights to it and it's like you're already making t-shirts and putting this on websites so like you're kind of committed at this point to this image like and it was just kind of a thing that you could have easily avoided if before you gave him the 200 bucks you said hey sign this but now that he knows that you're going to use this or now you're successful or you know circumstances change the circumstances change and you could have dealt with this early on and that's where advisors and these kind of people you're mentioning are able to help you you know whether it's the bankers and the accountants who are able to structure your business write-offs properly teach you how right. an llc or corporation could help you like you know i've had some of these gamers that won like these huge sums of money and then a third of it just evaporates because they just didn't know how to properly structure anything and it's just right. it's a shame right so as we segue, I mean, it's fascinating what you're doing for people. What's your capacity like? Because I know you have your own firm, you know, you're partnered with the talent agency, you're a teacher, an adjunct professor, you're an author. How do you find the time? Do you have a lot of partners? Like, 
who can call you? I mean, do you still do consultations? I mean, who, who do you take to your firm? How many firms, how many people are in your practice? I mean, what do we do to get a hold of you? Because if I was an uh, up and coming athlete and I heard this show or celebrity or influencer, I would, you know, want to talk to you. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm always looking, you know, working on definitely there's a lot of opportunity, especially that everyone's kind of grounded for the most part. It's like, I'm just kind of working and I'm in front of a computer and a phone and it's just kind of like, this is what we do. So I'm always happy. I'm definitely very successful via Twitter and LinkedIn and email and, you know, definitely follow me on Twitter, everyone out there, you know, Justin J-E-S-Q and, you know, jacobsonfirm.com has, you know, my contact info and a lot of different articles and useful stuff for people out there. And yeah, I'm always looking to build and work with people because I think that's how you win and, you know, that's the only way I know how to do it, <laughs> you know? Oh, man, it's so cool. I mean, I, re- I remember the, the you know, the days when I know a lot of athlete attorneys and, you know, there are these big firms, you know, really expensive, you know, like, and I'm, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is just sounding very like ground, like partnership to me. It's sounding a little different, which is what I look for is each and everybody's uniqueness. So I would have a lot of fun working with you or having a brainstorm and be curious about your team and some of your success stories. Yeah, you know, I definitely have, you know, unique stories. You know, I'm working with my father, who's been, you know, an entertainment attorney for 40 years. So we kind of were able to kind of take what he was doing and established and kind of really expanded into some of the stuff that I was, you know, a bit more passionate, you know, able to bring on some, you know, former NFL players, some, you know, baseball players and just some kind of, you know, like we have this whole esports division that's been really exciting. So been really able to kind of take the knowledge that he has and kind of bring some of the, you know, passion and stuff that I'm really interested in and really just kind of giving me the opportunity, like you said, to teach a class. So I've been teaching esports business remotely at University of North Carolina, Wilmington. And that's really exciting because we've been using my textbook for the class. So it's cool to see kids kind of, you know, buying your textbook and asking you questions about, you know, what you said on this page. So yeah, fun. I have not read your book. I need to get myself a copy. Maybe I'll wait to ins- for an inscribed one for when you come to the conference. Is it on Audible, by the way? Yeah, it's definitely iBook every, you know, everywhere, Amazon. And, you know, I think we can probably still do the Audible. That's Amazon. I, I still like get on the treadmill and listen to my books that way. But I also have to visit your show. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I have, you know, I've been hosting a podcast, the Esports Biz Show, for the last about two years on Prediction, which is an esports um, network, which has a bunch of different other shows. And each week I have just a different guest in the industry. And, you know, we kind of talk about what they're doing in their career and kind of each topic is centered on kind of what's going on in this space. You know, this week we had an individual who runs an esports business program in Finland and we talked about their academic program and the new esports university that they're kind of launching. That's actually really cool because I designed one of the classes for it. So it's definitely a really great way to kind of spotlight what great people are, you know, industry are doing. We have, you know, team owners and attorneys and business managers and marketing people and event organizers and really casters and talent and just really just trying to highlight different stories and get 
advice from people that are really doing stuff in all of these areas because as you see there's just so many ways to get involved and it's sure. nice to kind of highlight all of these avenues because you have college and youth and professional and you know doctors and lawyers and accountants and PR people and marketers and just all these different people working at it at different levels. You know, you have people working at it at huge major teams. Then you have people that are working at kind of more grassroots, like me and my friend just kind of started it and we're grinding and just kind of seeing what, you know, the CEO of Immortals has to say. And then, you know, a CEO of a team that's, you know, more up and coming. And, you know, one that I really was really exciting about was I actually interviewed Fatality, which you know, for those who are big gamers, you know, he was like the first big U.S. guy. And, you know, I, it was definitely cool because he dropped like a really exciting story on it. And it was just like, wow, like I wrote a book and I was mentioning you a bunch and like now I'm interviewing you. So that was definitely kind of a surreal moment. Yeah, you, you have really done a lot and you have a lot to be proud of. I mean, I want to thank you for joining the Esports Trade Association and being such a supporter. We, I think you also just got recruited to serve on one of our committees. Did you want to share anything about that? Yeah, you know, I'm really excited to, you know, I've joined the organization. I've been familiar with it and kind of known what was going on there. And it just kind of felt like, you know, the general direction of where everything was going, it seemed like it was, you know, a good time to get involved. And as you mentioned, I was brought in on the regulations committee, and they really seemed to be working on some really kind of cutting edge kind of work, which I don't really know how much I'm allowed to divulge, but it's definitely seems to be something that is really one of these huge pillars of, you know, the entertainment and esports segment. It's definitely going to be probably one of the largest, you know, monetary side of, the industry in general, as especially as we've seen kind of the, the trend of the more traditional sports kind of encompassing it. We just sort of New York kind of given the go on all that related to it. So it'll be exciting to see as more policies kind of accept the digital side and kind of embrace the possibilities there and kind of how the committee and the trade association kind of acts as a conduit and tries to kind of find how you make that happen. And, you know, I think the big conversation that I was involved in was how do we get the regulators, the government, the people that are kind of making these rules, the legislators that influence, you know, government and, you know, being a lawyer, that's what the law is based on. These statutes that are passed by, you know, regulators and government administrators is how do you see what their concerns are? How do you interact with them? And how do you kind of help, maybe kind of get rid of some of the neg negative thoughts they have? How do you kind of act as this kind of buffer and bring some, con you know, alleviate some of their concerns? Because there are a lot of concerns. Like, you know, for anyone that's been in this space for a while, you know, you can Google match fixing and a thousand things will come up. You know, there's the Esports Integrity Coalition and Commission that their whole entire thing is busting all these cheaters in competition. So... There's definitely a lot of stuff out there. And, you know, I think that's where organizations, you know, like, you know, the Esports Trade Association with, you know, individuals who really understand how to kind of be this bridge, how to speak to these policymakers while also kind of understanding what the stakeholders on the other side of the equation kind of know. It's like, yeah, there's cheaters, but they're always cheaters, you know, and there are all these things that are there to hopefully fix that. And, you know, that's what, you know, these government agencies exist for, you know, Nevada has all these regulators that kind of 
watch betting lines and all this stuff. And, you know, there's similar regulators that will apply to all these areas. Well, we really appreciate your service, your passion and everything you do. I mean, you, you most certainly are a pillar of our community. Um, so, you know, I just want to thank you for being on the show. Did you have some, did you have some parting of advice so we can go on record and you can say, I told you so. <laughs> I think my biggest advice is, you know, and it probably becomes, I told you so is just do it. You know, as Nike says, I think the biggest thing is that everyone talks about what they want to do and what they're going to do and, you know, what they wish they would have done. And I think it's just time just to do it. And if you want to do it and if you believe in it, like, the worst you can happen is you do it and fail and you figure it out and you know and if you don't do it and you should have done it it's like oh i wish i would have done it and you know then the told you so moment comes where it's like yeah if you would have started your you know doing these digital nft things and figuring out how to leverage your super fans and you know that's kind of one thing i'm doing now with one of my artists it's like getting involved in how you gamify your fans like how you offer incentives and unique rewards to get the people that really care about your music your art your whatever behind you and that way you can you know earn more money and keep it all going and you know i think that that's you know the biggest thing is you just have to do it you know you can't just think about it and say you're going to do it and i'm sure you know a lot of people that talk about all the great things they're going to do and you know usually if you talk about it and you don't do it you don't really accomplish it. That is great advice. Just do it. Thank you, Justin Jacobson. It's just been a pleasure to have you. And I love the parting advice. Just do it. Thank you, Nike. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know who came up with it, but good job, Nike. That's right. Probably a whole team. It took, probably took them a year. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Another great episode of Esports Connected. I'm your host, Megan Van Petten. See you next week.